In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Please be seated. This is the fourth Sunday after Pentecost, and we're continuing in chapter 10 of St. Matthew's Gospel. We just uh, concluded chapter 10, and we've been following Jesus, sending the disciples out. You'll remember that he invites them, uh, come and uh, see it's his first invitation, just come and see, and then it's come and follow me, and then it's come and, and do with me, participate with me, and then it's go and do. So this is the cycle of discipleship and how we grow, uh, the pattern in which we grow in discipleship. We've seen why it is that he's sending them out. He's sending them out because of his compassion for those that are lost, those that don't know the way. So it's compassion that's the initial motivator. We've seen what it is he's calling them to do. He's calling them to heal, to cast out demons, and to preach the gospel of the kingdom. So we know what a disciple does. We've learned how they do it, what the attitude is with which they do it. We read that that attitude is uh, one of innocence and of fearlessness and now we're seeing what the result is we're seeing what the consequence of following him is and we might have thought that the consequence would be peace and jesus says no that's not it you won't receive peace you'll receive a sword why is that what is it about peace with jesus jesus is saying that peace with him is to be in agreement with him to be in obedience to him as he is in obedience to the Father. And that all peace with him is found in agreement and obedience with him. So if we're at peace with Christ, that means that we're one with him and we're obedient to him. Obviously, not everyone is. And so anyone who is not in agreement and obedience with Christ, there will be a sword between us. That is, well, we will be at odds with that person. So if you and I are going to be at peace, there's no place for us to agree one to another. We're always seeking to be obedient to and agreement with Christ. That's how we get peace in the church. That's how we get peace in our families. That's how we'll have peace in our communities and our society is if we all first seek obedience with God and righteousness with Him. If we're in agreement with Him, then we can be in agreement with one another. So always we seek Christ and His kingdom first. And again, there will be people that are not in agreement with that. So what is it that we are being asked to be obedient to? What is the, the life that Christ is asking us to lead? Again, that obedience is submission to God, a willingness to submit to Him out of love. And, and part of that is to be obedient and submitting to our neighbors. We commonly call that love. Love is to say, here's what my neighbor needs, here's what uh, they need from me, and I'm willing to die to what I want. I'm willing to die to, to putting myself first, and I'm going to serve them. And this is what Jesus means by taking up your cross. Taking up your cross means I'm going to die to my own desires, I'm going to die to myself, and I'm going to live to the uh, obedience, the call, the will of God, to him who sent me and to those that he would have me serve. So the example here is the disciples. They're not doing what they want to do. They're doing what they're told to do. And they're doing it in service of and sacrifice for their neighbor. They're healing them. They're uh, telling them about the kingdom of God. And they're casting out demons. And so they're sacrificing themselves in order for those that they love. 
the taking up of the cross, it starts with an attitude. It starts with a willingness. And we see that in all of the scriptures that we see today, that the Lord is getting to an attitude, a willingness of being able to choose service of God and our neighbor over ourselves. So we first just have to think about what is it that I'm willing to do? What is it the Lord's calling me to do? Am I willing to do those things that I'd rather not do that God wants me to do? Do I even have an attitude of willingness to be obedient to Him? Actually being obedient to Him is another thing altogether. That takes grace. None of us can do the righteous things of God without God's grace. And he's always willing to provide that, that power, that energy, that wisdom, that opportunity, whatever it is. We can't make the opportunities to do God's will. We can't give ourselves the strength to do it. We don't always know the right thing to do. But our attitude always has to be one of willingness, openness to hear the word of God and to act to be willing to step forward and serve. And this is what Isaiah is getting at. He's saying there's no room. He, he makes this, this really complex distinction, right? He says, here's uh, lowness and here's uh, pride, right? And he just, he compares the two. And he says, there's no room in the kingdom of God. There's no room before God for haughtiness or pride. So he gives us two ways of seeing that. Haughtiness or pride is to say, I'm too good for that. Let somebody else do that. Me, I've got it figured out. I know what I'm doing. That's pride. Pride is to say, I'm enough. I've got enough. I know enough. I, I can do this thing by myself. And what that does is that shuts all the doors and windows of our hearts and our minds. We're saying, nope, enough here. I've got enough. I'm going to close the door. I'm going to close the window. I'm going to lock myself in. I've got enough for me. Lowness is to open those doors and windows of our hearts and our mind and to, to be searching for God to come in and to, to give us that attitude, to give us that opportunity. So the lowliness is to say, I need the Lord to lead me. I need the Lord to change my heart. I need Him to give me the opportunity and the attitude that I need. That's the, the lowness. So that lowness we see, Jesus starts the, the, his teaching in Matthew in chapter 5 in the Beatitudes, right? He talks about meekness, he talks about poverty of spirit, he talks about mourning. Those are the three attitudes, right, that start the Beatitudes. Poverty of spirit, meekness, and mourning. Really popular in our culture today, right? Huh? You see him on posters and t-shirts, I'm meek, right? Be meek. But that's the attitude that's required for us to open those doors and windows to say, I'm not enough, I need the Lord, I need His wisdom and strength to do what I need to do. And that attitude of meekness is what allows us to say, as St. Paul has said, uh, that we need to, with Christ, die to sin. Because the, 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 the mistake that we make that the church has made over and over and over again is to say, oh, now that I have been baptized, now that I'm a Christian, now that I'm something set apart, I've got something to be proud of. And I can just rest on this grace and, and then do whatever I want, and now I can go back into being at peace with the world. And that's the mistake that Christians make over and over again. Well, I've received grace, I've been baptized, I know who Jesus is, I've devoted my life to him, now I can just go back to living the way uh, that I've lived in the world. 
And St. Paul points out a couple of very important problems with this. The first one is that we're not baptized into the church. We're not baptized into Anglicanism. We're not baptized into Christianity. We're baptized into death. Baptism is a real thing. It's a real thing. It's not a symbol. It's not something we do for our friends and neighbors to say I'm a member of a club or a society. It's real. When we're baptized, we die to sin. When we're baptized with Christ, we die with him to sin. That means we're saying no more of the world, no more sin, lowliness of spirit, obedience to God. We're dying to all else and submitting ourselves, heart, mind, body, soul, to God. And he says the only way, the only way that we can participate with him in life, in resurrection, in salvation, in the kingdom of heaven, the only way that we can live with him is if we die with him. Baptism is real. And dying to Christ is real. And we are called to die with Christ to sin every day. Every day we renew that commitment. And we renew our hearts and minds to be willing to die to ourselves. Isn't it interesting in the end of this gospel passage, the wonderful, big, bold moves that Jesus calls us to, to do? Give a cup of water. It's pretty big, isn't it? It's a pretty bold statement, isn't it? Give a cup of water. It's kind of an interesting thing about Christianity. It's not saying you've got to climb the highest mountain. It's not saying you've got to be the best preacher or teacher. It's not saying you've got to be this bold prophet who everybody knows, who does these amazing miracles, right? He's not saying he who heals the most people, or he who raises the most from the dead, or he who casts out the most demons, or he who does all these great works of preaching and teaching. He says he who offers a cup of cold water. He who invites a prophet. He's not even saying we have to be prophets. We just have to be willing to invite a prophet in. That means we have to recognize God's word. We have to recognize God's servants. We have to have our eyes open so that we can see here's sin and here's righteousness so that we know who to invite in and who we're serving. We've just got to know and we've just got to invite and be willing to be willing to serve God at any opportunity that he calls us. And he's going to call each of us in a different and unique way. But we all have to be willing, willing to open the door to his grace and to die with him and to take up our cross. May our hearts and minds be willing and open to the Spirit of God this day and forevermore.